Hello everyone, we are rolling for another episode of the JJF1 podcast where Jonah and Jordan talk about all things related to F1. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the final episode of season two of the JJF1 podcast. Uh, we are here to briefly talk about the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, um, but more importantly, we are here to do our driver and team report cards for the year, as we did last year. Um, so Jordan, uh, another season has come to a close. What's going through your head right now? I want F1 back. Uh, it's been way too long. Currently, we're in exam period. I, I am. and <laughs> Not me. Nothing to look forward to on the weekend. So um, it's, it's sad. You know, it's, <laughs> That's it's, it. It's sad. It's, 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 it's Mattia Bernardo left Ferrari. That's the biggest thing we've heard from F1 in the past well, few weeks. Well, actually, I have some more news to talk about since the last time we recorded. I have a bunch of notes. Um First off, well, yeah, like you said, first off, Matteo Benato is leaving Ferrari. Um, He's leaving Ferrari. Well, he resigned from Ferrari. He resigned with heavy air quotes for those who are not watching the YouTube. Yeah. Heavy air quotes. Look, the man got kicked out. Let's be real. <laughs> Ferrari just said, hey, you screwed the pooch this year. Yeah. We... We gave you all the tools you needed. You were not able to figure out how to knock the hammer. Yeah. And, you know, when a championship is on the line, a cha- a, a, cha- a year where it's not like they were even close to Red Bull and they had the machinery to do so, I don't think there's much excuses for that. In the previous I think season, it's just Ferrari doing Ferrari things, which at this point we've watched all season has just been hilarious to watch. It's been disappointing, but it's been hilarious at the same time. Yeah, and I, I think that, you know, it's time. There's rumors that Fred Vasseur might be coming up to from Alfa Romeo. Um, and then there's rumors that they're going to hire somebody internally too, but that's something to keep an eye on. Fred yeah. Vasseur may be the next Ferrari uh uh, I think I think Cyril should uh, I think Cyril should uh, definitely try his hand at Ferrari. Well, if you look on the Instagram comments of when Matteo Matteo Bernardo left Ferrari, everyone's saying <laughs> Seb for team principal at Ferrari. No, no way, not a chance, not a chance. The guy has literally been like out of F one for thirty seconds. I don't. There's no way he's gonna come back. No, no, no. Um. <clears throat> so yeah. Um. Also, we have our final two spots in the driver lineup that have been confirmed. Um, Mick Schumacher is out. Hulken back. Um, I think this is the Haas lineup is just these drivers that we are incapable of getting rid of for reasons that no one understands. The 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 issue with Haas, and, and I get it. If you I l- listen to Gunter Steiner's podcast on the Beyond the Grid podcast. And he spoke about something very interesting. He said that we can either grow with Mick or we can grow to Nico's level. Nico is an experienced driver that's been to multiple teams. And we could use that experience for us to grow as opposed to grow Nick ourselves, uh, to, to grow Mick ourselves. So I kind of see where he's getting at. 
Now, do I think that there are other experienced drivers that are in the in the driver market? Yes, I do think there are other younger experienced drivers in the driver market that they could have gone instead of Nico Hockenberg. I don't like. I don't get why people are so obsessed with Nico Hulkenberg. I mean, I like him as a super sub, but I don't think that he has, he's been out of F1 officially for like three years now without a full-time drive. Right. Right. And he's, he's in those three years, he drove four times. Yeah. Like, I don't see the point in that, in, in bringing him on to Haas. I mean, I mean, I would rather they either keep Mick or bring someone from the Ferrari Academy or hell, even Antonio Giovinazzi. Like, Nico yeah. Hulkenberg, Nico Hulkenberg has had opportunities in competitive machinery and has done nothing with it. Nico Hulkenberg is notorious for never getting a podium and having the most starts in F1 to never get a podium. Exactly. I mean, he also could have won in Brazil in uh, when he was leading in a Force India for a while, but then he blew his opportunity. I mean, like what? I, I don't, I don't understand. I think that going for somebody with experience makes sense, but, but do you think it makes sense for Haas? I just don't think they should have gone with a rookie, but I don't think they should have gone with somebody that has no experience. Yeah. Well, I mean, what are our op- like other options would be like We're... Daniel Ricardo. So which... yes, Stoffel Van Dorn, Ricardo were those who were like in the mix. I could vibe with Van Dorn because at least Van Dorn won Formula E. He won something, and not only that, but he was very young when he left F one. Yeah, I mean, he was a victim of Fernando Alonso, the teammate killer. So yeah. Um. Next is going to be Lance Stroll. Please God no. <laughs> I'm not ready for that. Um and then the second uh seat that is being filled is um Logan Sargent is officially confirmed at Williams. We got an American uh, back in F1. I um screamed in Bald so, Eagle. It's gonna be so funny hearing an American accent on team radio. I remember the first time Lance. He's not American. He's Canadian. He's yeah. Jewish, so is Canadian Nick. Boy. So is Nick Latifi. The they they have they have American accents. They don't. They have Canadian accents. I I don't know about you, but I can tell that they're Canadian when I hear them on the. Well, radio. yeah, I can. But, but the me, whole thing is like difference between hearing Pietro Fittipaldi and hearing Nicholas Latifi speak. On okay, but Pietro Fittipaldi is Brazilian, but born in, but raised in the U.S. <laughs> exactly. It's an American voice. So look. My point is, we have an American, contrast to all these European accents on the team radio, especially Magnuson on the other side of the garage. Um, <laughs> I think it's going to be cool to see have, to have an American. Do I think he's deserving of the drive? That's a different question. But I do think... Is he deserving of the drive? Has he won any past series? No. And that's the answer that I'm going to give you. Neither did Latifi. Was he deserving of the drive? No, <laughs> I don't know. I think that it was, I think that it's too early for Logan Sargent to be an F1. I think. Does that, does that make sense? I feel like, I, I feel like if he spent like one more year in F2 and maybe one, who knows? Um, 
F2 is going to be fun next year, though. If Teo Pulschau doesn't win, I'm going to be so disappointed. Um, but yeah, I think... I feel like if he had one more year in F2 to truly perfect his racecraft and then head over to Williams, then I would understand. But I don't know. I feel like this is rushed. I, it's a real it's a real quick rise to stardom. And I, I hope that it pays off for him because I, in general, he's a good personality and he's a good driver. Yeah. Um, but I think that his rise is just too quick. I, I agree. I think we're going to see from him a three years or two years and a departure after that. This reminds me a lot of when Yuki Tsunoda first went to AlphaTauri. Yeah, so it could be, it's debatably Yuki Tsunoda's last year at AlphaTauri also. His contract is on the line now. Because I have I have my thoughts about Yuki Sonoda staying in F1 right now, but yeah, I remember if we're talking two years ago, you said he was when he was in F2, you were harping on him being in F1. Yeah, but he was so good in F2. Yeah, he was great in F2, but there's a difference between being great in F2 and uh costing your team like 10 million dollars a year in damages. Yeah, we'll see how my whole thing is that we're seeing lots of driver academies not hanging on to their drivers. And when That's I say true. that is we see a lot of Mercedes driver going to AlphaTauri. And then mm-hmm. on the opposite end of that, you have a Red Bull driver going to a Mercedes Academy team in Williams. Exactly. Right? Alex Albon. You literally opposite. Like Alex Albon should be at AlphaTauri, but he's really at Williams. And Nick DeVries should be at Williams, but he's really at AlphaTauri. At AlphaTauri, exactly. Yeah. So I I was thinking with this Williams seat that they should have picked something out of the box too that they have the money for, especially yeah. that they could pull somebody out of a contract. I was thinking somebody like Robert Schwartzman, who's been a reserve driver for a long time in F1. Or even Teo at this point. <laughs> somebody with a little more accolades to their name. Yeah. Like or even I would ra- I would prefer Teo Schumacher. Or Mick Schumacher, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, that could have been a big that could have been a seat for, for Williams too. I heard he Mick Schumacher might be a Mercedes reserve driver. That's that's what the rumor mill is saying. I would I would love that, especially since his dad spent his last few years at Mercedes. That would be something. Um, um before is that just like how Esteban Ocon spent that year at Mercedes as the reserve driver, he got back into his seat the following year. I'm hoping that the same happens to Mick Schumacher. Yeah. Speaking of people going into reserve drivers, uh, Daniel Ricciardo is now the third driver at Red Bull. <laughs> oh, how the turntables have turned, Daniel Ricciardo. Proceeds to leave Red Bull because he's too annoyed of being a second driver. Comes back, is the third, third driver. driver. <laughs> oh my god. Like, this is Cyril Adbidbul saying, I... I know that he will thoroughly regret his decision. decision. (laughs) I live. I like the second Daniel Ricardo got dropped from McLaren. Those memes started resurfacing. Yeah. (laughs) But I think that Daniel Ricardo going to Red Bull, I think Red Bull only did it for the memes. I think they did it for the promotional aspect of it. Yeah. I mean, Aston Martin kind of used Nico Hulkenberg as like a promo person for a bit, <laughs> but like Nico Hulkenberg doesn't have the same kind of vibe as that da- as Daniel Ricardo. No, he's so, a fun personality. Yeah. 
I don't know. I I guess it's okay. <laughs> I would rather Liam Lawson be the third driver, but I want also Liam Lawson to stay in F2 so that he could eventually actually make it to F1. Um, I don't know. That's that's my stance. Also, I just want to say that I correctly predicted uh, Logan Sargent going to Williams like halfway through the season. So that was very nice. Um, yeah, I said it also, actually, but that was the whole that, that did not go well. Yeah, um, very much did not go well. Uh, also, final news I am so happy uh, to announce that Shanghai is not coming back in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> the question remains though what replaces Shanghai, Jonah? You know what, at this point. Somewhere with money. Because <laughs> it's people are saying, oh yeah, um Portimao is gonna come back. But Portimao, I don't think so. I don't think that Portimao is gonna come back. I think that they're gonna find a way to give the US a fourth race, or they're going to go somewhere in the Middle East that doesn't have a, a race already. I like Dubai has a grade A circuit. And no one's said anything about it. So I think they're going to a continent they've never been before. I you think, think they're going to go to Kailami? I think they're going to South Africa. Mm. I think there's a big push for it. I think Stefano Domenicali has spoken about it multiple times in the, in the news. Yeah, they he's definitely said that they want to race in Africa. So I think they're going to go to Kailami to replace it. That's yeah. my bold prediction. Bold, um, I remember, that's my prediction. You know what? I would also like to see Malaysia come back. I feel Everyone like that would be fun. Malaysia, and what would be so cool is Malaysia under the floodlights. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard that as a rumor. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah, that Malaysia under the floodlights, or like even then, there are other circuits that we've gone to in F one in the past that currently aren't on the calendar that should be back like i enjoyed the korea international circuit uh for the few years that it was there um even like the track in india the bud international circuit i feel like that would be cool also um i feel like liking the korea circuit is a hot take apparently because i don't know apparently a lot of people don't like the circuit i enjoy it it's fun deal with it uh so yeah i mean i feel like it would be cool to go to those places but once again money talks the little sale international circuit is on well well it's back on it's back on officially that's what i'm right? saying money talks um also we have the venues for the sprint races which came out today if i'm not mistaken was it yeah. today or was it yesterday yeah. today Six sprint races this year yeah um, Azerbaijan, Austria, Belgium, Qatar, Coda, and Interlagos. I'm okay with all of them, except why did Spa get a sprint race? <laughs> yeah, to me, Spa is already a track that's very, very, very catering to overtaking. It's very, it's one of the easier overtaking tracks at Spa. We saw Max go from 14 yeah. to win last time. I I get it. It was Mac, but at the same time, it's just indicative to show that how many overtaking opportunities there are at Spa already. And I feel like the sprint race should go to tracks that don't allow for a lot of overtaking, and that 
get give you an extra opportunity to move up the grid in 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 a weekend's time mm. which is why i'm in agreement. i disagree with you but if anything i think it should be where the most overtakes happen to switch up the grid i i, I don't know i i think that it should be at the tracks that are missing some something there, there's a reason why a lot of viewers don't watch monaco and it's because there's barely any over, over overtaking opportunities Maybe yeah, a but a sprint race take something up in Monaco. A sprint race at Monaco is just going to be more of cars going in circles and no overtaking. I get it, but the more times cars go in circle, the more chances there will be at an overtake, and therefore I think that that will shake it up in Monaco a little bit. In Monaco, you can only overtake in the pit stops, though. That's the thing. So. Or, uh, and you know how Nikita Mazepin overtook Mick Schumacher last time? Or was it the other way around? Did Mick Schumacher overtake Nikita Mazepin in 2021? That was the only overtake. On like the last played. lap? On like the last lap? No, it was the, the first lap. Where, it was at the Herpine. Oh, yeah. Exactly. I remember that. That yeah. was the only overtake that race, I think. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, we like, were going to see an overtake, but then boom, Stroll came on. I am so hyped for a sprint race in Baku, you yeah, have you no idea. As much as I am disappointed, I mean, I'm I'm so lying. I'm so happy that Shanghai is not coming back um, because peop- I have been hating on that circuit since the second we started this podcast. Um, as I've been hating on Shanghai as much as I have been loving Baku on this podcast. So... For me to see a sprint race in Baku is going to be so much fun. You know what I'm disappointed in? There is no sprint race at Circuit Gilles-Villeneuve in Montreal, Canada. For yeah, that's true. That's true. That is where we need a sprint race. That would be lots of and fun. I did not like the sprint race at the beginning. I am now asking for one. <laughs> oh, God, bring a sprint race to a 20-minute drive away from me. Yeah, but Qatar has money. So, you know, yeah, <laughs> they're currently hosting the World Cup. So, you know, <laughs> I think they have money. So I feel like that's a good influencer. Um, Cool. So let's briefly talk about the race on this beautiful sticky note that I wrote on during the race. Um, Honestly, the only things that I have on this sticky note are Aston Martin screwed up so hard that they lost $15 million. Yeah. They were one point away. and They were tied at the end of the race. I thought they was one point away. No, they tied. They tied at the end, but Alfa Romeo won on a tiebreaker of like highest average or lowest average position or whatever it is. I don't know, but... Aston Martin does what Aston Martin does. I told you, Aston Martin, you don't expect six points from them. They got six. No, they got five. Yeah. They got five. I was so, uh, you know what? I was pretty optimistic and my optimism was somewhat, somewhat legitimate. Yeah. Um, Yeah. All that I have here is also... The one thing that I really enjoyed was Ricardo Schumacher, Vettel, and Latifi, the four drivers who won't be on the grid next year, were all fighting it out near the back of the field. Yeah, literally. 
And I loved that. Great I absolutely love that. Um, otherwise, Vettel and Alcon had a nice scrap uh, about At midway through the race. Yeah. Sorry? Yeah, at one point. Yeah. And um, Lewis versus Sainz versus Russell. Other fun, uh, fun fights near the front. Otherwise, it was um, a typical Abu Dhabi. It was okay. Yeah. I think we had that one Abu Dhabi race. Yeah. 2021, where it was like, holy shit. And now it's just back to regular business as usual. Business is business as usual. Max won like seven races ago. So it's Abu okay. Dhabi, Abu Dhabi only is important slash fun to watch when it's a title contender, a title deciding race. Correct. I agree. Um, the circuit's beautiful, by the way, because um, I was there like a month ago and it was very nice. Um, but yeah, otherwise, it's time to go into the nitty gritty of roasting every single person on the grid. <laughs> so same thing as last year, F to A for the drivers. And are we gonna are we gonna give the team in general a ranking? No, it was just time? the drivers. Just the drivers? Okay. So F to A based on constructors championship reverse order. Mm-hmm. So starting in tenth with a total of eight points to their name is Williams with Nicholas Latifi, Alex Albon, and Nick DeVries. So Nick DeVries gets an A for me. <laughs> I completely agree. That drive in Monza was fantastic, especially on a rookie debut in a Williams scoring points. He earned that seat at AlphaTauri, and he gets an A in my books as well. Yeah, I think uh, that was the most interesting thing about the Italian Grand Prix, because otherwise it sucked. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jordan, Nicholas Latifi, our Canadian boy who is no longer on the grid. I'm going to give him a D. Not an F, but I'm going to give him a D. I think it was his worst season to date. I think that even he can agree with me on that. Um, He was an absolute no-show. Always a lap behind everyone. um, 30 seconds behind everybody. Um, But I will say that he had some times was like showing a bit of like, oh, but it's like one or two times. So I'll give him a D. He didn't fail. Pretty deed. Nicholas Latifi fails for me. He did, yeah. I see that. You know, I see that. <laughs> Nicholas Latifi gets an F for me. I mean, come on. How far off the pace can you be? Even I think the most representative moment of it is that Nick DeVries got a point in Italy with having absolutely no preparation in the car. Was he not yeah. driving for Aston Martin in FP1 of that weekend? Literally. Yeah. He was literally in a different car. And he showed up, made it into Q3, if I'm not mistaken, in in qualifying or just missed out. Anyways, the guy you got a point. Me. The guy got a point. In Honestly, you yeah. convinced me. I'm going to give him an F2. Screw yeah. that. He sucked. <laughs> he sucked. That's he it. Sucked. Um, okay. Next, we have... Uh, in ninth place, a shocker ninth place to me, Alpha Tauri. Well, we didn't um, touch Alex Albon. 
Oh yes, Alex Albon. My bad, Alex Albon. I'm you're, gonna give you're, him a you're, B plus. B I'm plus. a big Albon fan. You're you're a president him. of the Alex Albon fan club. I love Alex Albon. I met him actually this year. Great guy, very nice. I was at a fan engagement sort of thing. But shout out to, to uh, shout out to Seb from Williams Esports. We miss you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but it was it was great. I met him. I even spoke to his trainer for a solid 30 minutes talking about all the preparation that goes in, Alex's diet, Alex's workout. Like we we hit it off. I love Alex. He impressed me because he, you know, when he had a shocking points showing in a Williams where you're like, mm-hmm. wow, Alex Albon got points. I feel like that happened multiple times this season. And for me, that's a B plus. I 100% agree with you. Um, if any, I would give, I'm giving Alex Albon, yeah, a B plus is deserved for Alex yeah. Albon. Um, I think one standout moment for me of Alex Albon, I feel like that's how I'm going to be rating my drivers is what's the biggest standout moment for them uh, is for me, it's definitely in Australia where he went every single lap bar one on the same tire and yeah. got a point. Or two points. Did he finish no, he in got nine? A point because he had the pit stop a lap before the race, so you have to change your tires. Yeah. And he got the point even with that pit stop. Exactly. So Alex Albon gets a B plus for me. I'm it's it, he sh- he also showed in the machinery that was given to him that he definitely deserves a spot on the grid. Maybe not at Red Bull, but uh on the grid nonetheless. I agree. Um, okay, so now we get to go to AlphaTauri. Shocker ninth place AlphaTauri with Pierre Gasly and Yuki Tsunoda. Um, I guess uh, I'll start. Yuki, Yuki for me gets a D. Um, just, it was such a bad season for AlphaTauri, but I think it was just a worse season for Yuki Tsunoda. I, um, I was going to give him an F. Yeah, whole, fair enough. <laughs> the whole point of being at AlphaTauri is to show those guys at Red Bull, hey, I need to come up now because I'm good. He didn't show that. He said, hey, I need to get sent back to F2 because I suck. That's what he said this year. Yeah, that's fair. Um, he was just he was just not on it this year. I don't know. Like, he kept crashing. But, I mean, he crashed in... That's enough. Here's my standout moment for Yuki Tsunoda. He crashed in the dry in Montreal just because his brakes locked up into turn one. Yeah. I remember that, actually. Why? Why, Yuki? Why? No, it was turn two. It was turn two, it was turn it was two the, technically. Yeah. Anyways, you get the idea. That's my standout moment for me, for Yuki Tsunoda. He gets a D from me. He gets an F from you. Yeah. Anything else? Anything else you want to add to that? No. How do you rate Pierre Gasly then? I was really disappointed in Pierre Gasly's season, but because I'm a Pierre Gasly fan, I am blaming it more on the car than I'm blaming it on him, because he was further along. He was more up the pace than Yuki, even when Yuki didn't crash, but he still didn't perform. We were used to seeing Pierre Gasly consistently in q3 in the past two years Mm -hmm. 
He was a no-show this year. Q2 out, Q3 out most of the time and was a no-show. So because he, to me, was more of the car's problem than it was his problem, I'm going to give him a C plus. I'm giving him a D just because I feel like, especially since he's going to Alpine next year, this was supposed to be like what in hockey the term is the contract year. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like the year where all of a sudden you're about to be a free agent next year. And you got to prove you- yourself. And you gotta prove yourself. And normally you you go you go on and on and on and completely exceed expectations. No, no, you have you have to remember one thing. This wasn't a contract year for him. At the that's true. He was signed at the beginning of the year, before the winter summer break. It was winter break for us Canadians. Before the summer break, Afatari fully made a post. We are so glad that Yuki Tsunoda and Pierre Gasly will be in our driver lineup for 2023. Exactly. Pierre signed an extension. He didn't feel the pressure. I Form. I don't know. I feel like also, even though Alpha Tauri had a worse car, regardless of the state of the car, Pierre Gasly over the course of the last few seasons consistently overperformed in that car. And I did not see that from him this year. I think regardless, especially after... Uh, last year where Yuki so would good. where Yuki would be out in Q2 and Pierre would be like P5. Yeah. I uh, this is I, I feel like it's sure half the it's half the car's blame, but I think the other half is purely Pierre's blame. So I'm giving him a D for that. I feel like it was just th- this is not giving me hope for him going into Alpine next year. Let's move on to Aston Martin. It's so nope. we're not we're not there yet. Oh, it's Haas. It's Haas next. <laughs> uh, see, this is the, the low expectations I have of Aston Martin. Yeah, so by the way, Alpha Tauri had nine points. Uh sorry, Alpha Tauri had 35 points. Haas had 37. Wow. And you were saying, talk about Haas. <laughs> Or no, you were talking about Aston Martin. And Mick Schumacher did not get a seat next year. For that reason, I'm going to say this was an F year for Mick Schumacher. You don't get the seat. You don't get anything above an F in my books. Uh, I'm giving Mick Schumacher a C. (laughs) I think he was okay. I think he was way off of Kevin Magnussen's pace. You know that Mick Schumacher in races actually performed better than Kevin Magnussen. Like something like a two to one ratio. I remember I saw this on um, on F1's Instagram recently where Mick beat, in terms of beating each other in races, Mick beat Kevin 14 times, whereas Kevin beat Mick six times. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I didn't even know that. Isn't that isn't that interesting to see? Meanwhile, one of them doesn't have a seat, and it's not the guy that's outperforming in races. Interesting. He to me here. Was, hold on. I have I have the, the graphic in front of me here. Um. So in 
in races, Mick beat Kevin 13 times. Kevin beat Mick eight times. However, in qualifying, Kevin beat Mick 16 times and Mick beat Kevin six times. Interesting. I didn't know that, actually. So now you know. I revise my grade. My grade is being revised. We'll hit a C also for okay. <laughs> I think I think a C is 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 reasonable for Mick Schumacher. Do I think that he still deserves a C in an F one? I'm 50-50 on it. Um, do I think that he definitely picked up from his crash year of 2021? For sure, because he actually picked up points this year. Um, however. I think otherwise it was not great, but also Haas just wasn't great for half the year. So Haas just couldn't keep up with the development race. That's how I see it. I I agree. I think that uh, Haas had a really good, strong start, you you know, shown by Kevin Magnuson's P6 in in Bahrain, which is an eternity. Was it P6 or P5? P5, P6. Yeah, anything. Um, how Speaking is which, Kevin Magnuson season? What do you think? Oh, okay. Well, in my eyes, Kevin Magnuson gets a B plus. Kevin Magnuson does not get an A, <laughs> but he gets a B plus. Yeah, because... I would actually give him a, more of a B minus. I okay. I, I understand the B plus because he was really good in his comeback year, and he kind of is the reason why has got like you know a couple of points. But because of the P6 in Bahrain, I feel like he could have followed up with similar appearances in the subsequent races while Haas was still kind of competitive, but didn't. I I, I have to agree with you on that. But I think just in general, Haas was so far off in the latter, in the latter half of the season where I think that's where Kevin Magnuson showed his true strength is being able to deal with that the car falling off rather than his standout moments of, for example, a P5 in Bahrain, where Haas had 35, uh, 35 points or 37 points, whatever I said. Um, if you get P5, that's 10 points in one race. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, that's I I think the but I think for me also is the uh, the opportunities where Kevin basically pulled something out of nothing were more important to me for his season than for example the pole position which by the way has got a pole position true, I keep forgetting about that yeah or or for example a P five in Bahrain. I keep forgetting about that pole position. Yeah, has got a pole position, and I'm still giving him a B plus. <laughs> oh my. Um. Yeah. Do we have anything else to say about uh, about Kevin Magnuson? Let's move on to our favorite team. Uh huh. <laughs> Jonah, it was Seb's goodbye year. What are you giving Seb in his last year in F1? Seb is getting a C plus from me. <laughs> Huh, even though he was leading a race in his last year at the I, Americas? Look, I think that 
okay, hold on. Kev Sebastian Vettel led in you in the US on a like technicality. Yeah. Okay. It's a joke, yes. But the thing is with Seb is there were times where he was so off. Like so, so, so off. Where there I was like you thought he was already retired in his head. Yes, exactly. And I was like, why, why did you even come back and get in the car this year if you were going to have that bad of a race? But then there are times near the end of the near the end of the year when he announced his retirement where he was like, hey, I'm gonna put in points performances regardless of Aston Martin's crappy strategy, and you're gonna like it. Yeah. So for that, I think for me, the cons outweigh the pros of his season. So he gets a C plus. Yeah, I have to agree with you on that. I mean, you can't forget, um, uh, you know, times like in Abu Dhabi, for example, where the team kind of screwed him over. The team definitely screwed him over. And he still made the best out of it. Um, he did what he could with that with that machinery. Mm. Um, you look at Koda, you look at, at Abu Dhabi, and I think for that reason, I think he deserves more of a B minus or a B because okay. I wouldn't rate him below the average, but I don't think I'd rate him in the above average category of F1 drivers this year. So I'd give him like the average of yeah. F1 drivers. So okay. I, I think that's, that's fair. Uh, honestly, I can't wait for us to get onto our future of team series, which I assume is going to be our off-season project. So, yes. because when we get to talk about Aston Martin, <laughs> oh boy, this is going to be fun times for me. Um, speaking of fun times, it's time to rate Lance Stroll. <laughs> Major disappointment this year. Yeah. I don't think he had one race where I was like, whoa, Lance Stroll did this? I no, never I disagree with you. Lance Stroll finished P6 in Singapore. Let that stick. It's true. But that's not like a whoa moment. Uh yeah, sure. Uh either way, Lance gets Lance gets a D for me. Lance gets an F in my book. Okay, that's fair. He caused way too many collisions, got a lot of dumb penalties, especially in Australia. Where he also yeah, I was just about to talk about Australia and him and Latifi. Um, so to me, he's an F. F. I don't want to talk fair. about it anymore. It pains me. It pains me. I'm not like, even, you know what? I'm not even going to debate with you. I feel like I'm just giving him the benefit of a doubt because once again... Once again, I am I am a Lance a Lance fan, so so am I, and that's why I'm hard on him. That's why I'm I'm critical. I have I have a Lance Stroll t two Lance Stroll t shirts in this closet here. I'm recording on my floor, by the way. So <laughs> I have I have two Lance Stroll t shirts in here. One from Aston Martin and one from Racing Point. And uh, I wish I wish I was wearing one of them right now because I feel like that would just prove my fandom. But uh, it's, it's it's so unfortunate they canceled the session where you got to meet and get signed things by the drivers this year in Montreal. 
I know. I I I actually could have met Fernando Alonso and Esteban Ocon. I had a I had an Alpine ticket. So. Oh really? Oh, you have to yeah. have tickets for them. Yeah. So basically, how it works is you need to line up at this booth in the fan zone, and they start giving out tickets. Like, because basically, I don't know. Let's say we only have enough time for twenty people per team, right? So they have. It's free, but you need to line up and get the ticket. And basically, when they're out of tickets for that team, then you're done. Like, that's it. Like, there's no more. Um, so by the time I showed up, they had Alpine, Williams, and Haas left. So I took Alpine. And yeah, I would have taken Alpine, too. Yeah. So I t I took Alpine and I could have met uh, Esteban and um Fernando, but uh, the rain had other ideas. Shout out to um Alan who's been on this podcast before for sticking it in the rain with me because that was fun. <laughs> um, let's um, let's uh, move on to Alfa Romeo. Alfa Romeo P six. So. As, so Haas had 37 points, Aston Martin had 55, and Alfa Romeo also had 55. And Jordan, you are the president of two fan clubs. You're the president of the Alex Albon fan club, and you're the president of the Valtteri Bottas fan club. Hey, no hate Valtteri Bottas. He was skating in Finland the, earlier this week. In a Habs up, sweatshirt. <laughs> in Habs attire, in Habs gear. He is a Habs fan. So am I. This is why we love Valtteri Bottas. Habs no, legend. In all seriousness, Valtteri Bottas gets, for me, a C-. Valtteri Bottas was doing great at the beginning of the year. Fantastic. He outqualified Lewis Hamilton in the opening race. <laughs> that was my most proud moment. In to whom year. it may concern. And uh, he was doing okay. It was... The two last two thirds of the season where he was garbage. Nowhere. <laughs> garbage. Um, and that's why I give him a C minus because he was good at the beginning of the season, but he really dropped off and it was really disappointing. You know, next year is his, like you said, contract year. We'll see how he performs. He claimed that he would be a better performer when he's not in a contract here, because Mercedes always gave him one plus option contracts. This time he got a two-year contract, so he had certainty for two years that he was going to mm -hmm. perform better. He didn't. Valtteri, you got one more year left, and he might not be in F1 after next year. We have to think about this. That would be very interesting to see if Valtteri Bottas does not return to F1 in 2024. You've got to ask yourself, Jonah, if Valtteri Bottas has the year that he just had, would you, as Fred Vasseur, give him another contract? Or would you go in the Ferrari pool of drivers and say, hey, Callum Eilat, Robert Schwartzman, get on up here. We need you to drive. Also, is are they still going to be Alfa Romeo next year? I think that they're Alfa Romeo just next year, and that's it. When does does the I thought because I know the Alfa Romeo partnership ends before Audi takes over. Yeah, in twenty twenty three. Okay, so they're still going to be Alfa Romeo next year. Yeah. Great. So, um, Jordan, let's be on the lookout in December twenty twenty three for discount 
non-existent Alfa Romeo gear. <laughs> so that we could get uh, uh, gear from a no longer functioning team, just like I have my racing point jacket. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, um, Valtteri Bottas gets a B for me. Wow, you're nice. I am nice, which is crazy compared to how I treated him last year. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Valtteri Bottas gets a B for me. I feel like the performances that he put in at the beginning of the year, by the way, he still finished uh 10th in the championship. So I think that says something. Um so I that's I think just his we very we good must... performances in the beginning of the season outweigh his really we... bad back half. Killing it at the beginning of the season, but we also yeah. have to remember that he was at a he's at a bottom team. He's at like an academy team. Mm. He's not at a top team or a midfield team anymore. That's he, why I think he gets a B. Yeah, he was putting in some midfield performances in the season. The reason why I'm giving a C plus is because for me it really did not go well the last half of the season. And I ask myself if this stint of races of him not doing so well in the last half of the season continues to next year. I don't know if he'll be renewed. And well, you know what. Let's let's talk about how we can compare him, and that's who actually should get a C plus, and that's Joe Guan Yu. Because yeah, Joe Guan Yu did not live up to the what I thought he was going to be, which is really well. I think he did okay in his rookie year. Notice how I said in his rookie year at the end of the sentence. Yes, but he was also the only rookie this year. He did. He in to be fair, he does win rookie of the year. All they right? gave him a trophy. Yeah, literally, he was the only rookie. He had a fastest lap, by the way. He did. Yeah. Oh, wow. In Suzuka. Was it Suzuka? I don't think I don't so. Know. Actually, it was at some point. Um, but yeah, I don't know, Joe Guan Yu. I thought he was going to be more than what he was, but again, I do have to remember sometimes I get a little ahead of myself. He is in a bottom team. It's not a Alpine or McLaren here. I think points on debut was definitely a good start. Um, but otherwise, like, I think that he did fine. Um, he didn't have, like, a Nicholas Latifi kind of rookie season. Um, but he also didn't have a Lewis Hamilton type of rookie season. Yeah. It was it was somewhere in the middle for me. So that's why it's, it was a C+. It was like Sebastian Vettel's BMW Williams rookie season. That's that's a very good analysis. <laughs> that's very good. That's very, very good. Yeah. Um, all right, controversy time. P5, McLaren Racing. Daniel Ricciardo gets an F for me. Same. Great. <laughs> no controversy then. No. I think he deserves to be an F1, but this was a bad year. I don't think he deserves to be an F1. I th we've had this conversation for a few episodes now, so. Oh, man. Ugh, Daniel Ricciardo. Lando Norris, though. He gets an A. Lando Norris, to me, doesn't just get an A. I think he's one of the few A-plus drivers this year. Ooh. Okay. He is the only driver that is not in the top three teams to get a podium. 
That's exactly what I was going to talk about. <laughs> he is the best of the rest in the driver's standings. Um, and he consistently was a top 10 finisher in a team that, may I remind you, had a double Q3 exit in the first two races. Q1, you mean? Q1, sorry. Q1 exit in the first yeah. race. Or and even two races, if I remember correctly. It was bad. McLaren was bad. In bad shape. And and by race, by round four. Boom. Podium. Lando on the podium. Made no sense, but it happened. And you know what? He's an A-plus driver to me. Give that man a good car. Yes. He should have won Monza last year. <laughs> he should have, yes. Um, but yeah, Lando, A. That's an A for me. I think... I think just as you said, being the only McLaren, sorry, the only non-Mercedes Red Bull Ferrari to get a podium should just, that should just be his resume for the year. Anything yeah. else doesn't even matter. Literally. <laughs> I But Lanza Unoris was truly the best of the rest this year. So, I, I, that's, and that's why I'm giving him an A plus because yeah. his machinery was not the best of the rest. Alpine's was consistently actually. Yeah, exactly. So speaking of Alpine, they're next. Uh, I, oh I'm God. a fan of Esteban Ocon, but similar um, to uh, Sebastian Vettel, I'm going to give him a B because I think he just had an average season. I don't think it was anything great, nothing spectacular, but also did not like did not screw the pooch either. I think, yeah, I think Esteban Ocon also deserves a B. Um, however... I think he deserves a this may sound really weird because spoiler alert, I'm rating Fernando higher than Esteban. Um, but I he's he still beat Fernando on points. So I think I think all in all it was just really consistent driving from Esteban, which yeah. which is nice. It's, to me, there wasn't anything stand out in terms of finishes, in terms of, in terms of, you know, race pace. He just was a consistent driver, and was the word for him this year was solid. He yeah, was solid. Exactly. Rely on him to go and get you a couple of points here and there, and slowly but surely, Alpine made their way up and beat McLaren. So that's exactly but what I can say. Also. So just some solid points finishes all around. And I think yeah. that that was exactly what Esteban had to do this year. And you could tell that he's a staple at that team. He is going into a, I think it's his second year of that three-year extension that he signed. Yeah. So his contract is coming up. Um. So, you know, he's going to need to be a little solid and, and then some if they're going to want to yeah. keep him around. No podiums. No podiums. But, but it's okay. Yeah. that's what i see it's okay um fernando gets a b plus so he just edges out esteban i think i know I, I agree saying? with you but the, yeah me, you agree a different reason okay the only reason why that he gets a b plus is twofold number one fernando alonso is a riskier driver he is he is very risk-seeking, does a lot of moves that are very questionable, sometimes work out for him and sometimes don't. And the second reason why is because he is a better qualifier. He just qualifies. Yeah. Better. Actually, I don't have 
a very interesting points to talk about. Um, however, I think that he, uh, I, those are not what I had in mind, actually. Um, what I had is basically he bailed out his car. Um, because Fernando Alonso, from what I understand, uh, had the most, if not the second most mechanical retirements this year. Um, and he pushed that car, especially near the end of the year, to places where they could cement their fourth place in the constructors over McLaren, like P5, P6, even some P4s. I think, and also he qualified P2 in Canada. So there also goes to your point of him being a better qualifier, but even in the races, just bailing out that car is what I see, what I saw Fernando Alonso doing um, on a consistent basis. Whereas Esteban was consistent in staying in that low points area. Fernando might have had a few ups and a few downs, but when his highs were there, they were very high. Um, I think also that his time, like, I'm going to compare this to Aaron Rodgers in football, where in, I was it 20? Yeah, so in 2020, Aaron Rodgers' successor at quarterback was drafted by the Green Bay Packers. And it was basically a way for Green Bay to say, hey, listen, Aaron, you're basically out the door. Like, it's time, like maybe one or two more seasons because we have this next guy in line waiting for you. And Aaron Rodgers basically said, hey, listen, you think that you're going to push me out? No, 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 not so fast. And proceeded the year after to win the MVP. So I feel like that is the current state of Fernando Alonso. Oh, you think I'm done? <laughs> Try again, cause uh, I'm I'm not I'm not gone. I'm not gone. Watch me. Yeah, I I completely agree. Um, and I think it's it's crazy how he's still like a really good qualifier and driver at this point in his career. Yeah, one hundred percent. And uh, I don't know. I've I've been I've been back and forth on on Alonso going to Aston Martin. So. I'm just not going to say anything at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Let's yeah. speak about Ferrari. No, Mercedes. Oh, right. P3. Right, right, right. Just just to show you how big the gap was, by the way, Alpine had 173 points in fourth place. Mercedes had 515. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, George Russell gets an A plus. He's a race winner. Enough said. I'm saying an A, not an A plus. He didn't really like. No, he gets an A. yeah, he gets an A plus. Screw it, he gets an A plus. Yeah. He got to some top five finishes. What am I to say? What, Lewis what was Hamilton it? Was, was getting out in Q three in Saudi Arabia, and he was in top in the top five. Yeah, exactly. And um, <clears throat> I think that regardless of the fact that he might have taken out a few people in the last few races, um, he still gets an A-plus from me. Yeah, he gets an A-plus. Nothing, nothing ten, to say. What was it? Ten consecutive top five finishes for the beginning of the season or something like that? Um, yeah. Podiums galore. 
race wins. Win, A win, plus win. season. Race win. Race win. One race win. Yeah. Um, Lewis Sao Hamilton Paolo gets GP an A. Or the Brazilian GP? Sorry, what'd you say? Is it the Sao Paulo GP or the Brazilian GP? Nobody knows anymore. I think officially it's the Sao Paulo GP. It still says Brazil on F1's website. Really? Yeah. I thought it was okay. I don't even know at this point. We're not going to ask any questions. Yeah. Um, um, Lewis. To me, is Lewis a, gets an A. I was going to say B plus. Maybe it's because I'm so used to seeing greatness that I didn't see any of it this year. I was upset. Fair, but I think also you should be grateful that you didn't see success because he's been dominating for seven straight years. So yeah, anyways, Lewis Hamilton... I I mean he was very good for a very long time, so I think it's okay that he you know took a step back this year. That's that's what we have. There there were some uh, yeah. That's it. Let's move right. on. Let's move on to Ferrari. I can't wait to talk about Ferrari. Let's talk about Ferrari. If I give any driver on the grid an A plus plus. This is my highest rated driver this season. Carlos Sainz deserves an A++. Jonah, are you there? It keeps freezing. It does. The, the, the footage keeps freezing, but it's okay. I understand what you're trying to say. Yeah, so anyways, Carlos Sainz to me performed super well and performed better than the Ferrari team performed as a whole. And I was really impressed with that. Got his first race win, consistent podiums. To me, he was the more consistent Ferrari driver. He gets an A plus for me. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to disagree with you. <laughs> I think Carlos Sainz gets a B. This is our first big disagreement. Yeah, I don't know. Yes, Carlos Sainz did well. But Carlos Sainz didn't do Charles Leclerc well. And I think there were times where Carlos was just consistently off the pace. I think there were times where he was off the pace, but I think there were more times that he was on the pace and being able to compete with Charles. And you don't typically see that coming from a second driver. Yeah. There were more times that Carlos Sainz was competing with Charles than Sergio Perez was competing with Max Verstappen. But Perez has more wins than Sainz. This season. This season. One true. more win than Sainz this season. Yeah, but one. So yeah, but two is still bigger than one. <laughs> I, I agree. But I think that at the same time, it, he... For his, for his second season at Ferrari, for him being relatively young and him just performing in comparison to Charles Leclerc with the pressure that he had and the team that he had, mm. I think that he deserves an A+. I, 
I don't know. I don't I don't think so. I feel like no, his accolades are definitely well deserved, but I don't think it's an A plus plus season season from him. I think that it's the most A plus plus season we okay. can probably I disagree, but that's what we're here for. <laughs> Let's move on to the constructors winners. No, we didn't talk about Leclerc. Oh, why am I forgetting Leclerc? Um, <laughs> Leclerc gets a B. Hot take. <laughs> wow. I was going to give him even worse. Oh, whoa. Okay, I'm listening. I'm going to give him a C plus. Okay. I th- okay, let's hear me out. Sure, Ferrari did Ferrari things and lost him the championship. But he also did things himself that lost himself that championship. Yes. And I think that all the highs are very, very high, but the lows were super, super low for Leclerc. However, winning races and being that first Ferrari win in three years definitely must have felt good. And because of that, I'm giving him a B. I think Ferrari losing the championship was just a bad combination of his risky driving and um and Ferrari being Ferrari. Yeah. I think in France. And in France, France. He, he had a chance to really make a statement that yeah. they're gonna be back for the latter of the season. And he didn't. I will never forget Monaco. But that was just Ferrari doing Ferrari things. That too. Like, okay, let's go through the races that he, like, Imola, he definitely could have won if he didn't uh, lock up. Um, He could have won in France easily, mm-hmm. which both of which were entirely his fault. Was it... Uh, no, he won in Australia, right? He won Australia. He yeah. won Austria also. Yeah, I think then Monaco was Ferrari's fault. But I think just in general, him getting the most pole positions this year and then still losing the championship by the amount that he did is just... All that tells me is that he's a really good qualifier and maybe not that good on the race. Yeah, I I agree. So he gets a B from me. Yeah, agreed. You know, he also could have won Saudi Arabia too. Yeah, exactly. He could have won Saudi Arabia. He could have he could have won Miami. Miami was possible to win. Yeah, um, he honestly he could have just won. He could have won all the races that Max win won, with the exception of. Canada, Canada, he was not, yeah, he was not in the hunt in Canada. Well, yeah, but that's because he had a grid penalty, right? So, yeah. um, I'm trying to think. Suzuka was the nail in the coffin. Yeah. He, he wasn't supposed to win that race, but he locked up in the last turn. And because of that, he got a five second penalty, which then led Max to become world champion. Right. Um, but yeah, just. Better luck next year. I think that, I mean, we're not going to do our predictions now, but he's a world, he's a world champion. I'd like to see that happen. Um, I just really want to hear the Monagas national anthem play more often. It's a, it's a banger of a national anthem. It's a great national anthem. 
I've been listening to a lot of national anthems recently because of the World Cup. And uh, even throughout all of that, Monaco is definitely pretty hype. Yeah. <laughs> Last but not least, let's Red Bull. get to Red Bull. What do you think of Sergio Perez this season? Sergio Perez gets an A from me. I think um, so as well. I was going to give him an A minus. The standout for me is Singapore. Yes, he is um, the master of the street tracks. But I think also just throughout all of the safety car restarts and through every through all the crashes and through the wet conditions and through the three-hour time limit, or no, the two-hour time limit, my bad, um, Sergio Perez drove the race of his life in Singapore. Also, Sergio Perez won the Monaco Grand Prix. Yeah. And Sergio Perez was once again on the podium in Mexico. It was Sergio Perez's best year so far. Yeah. Well, hands down. Um, <clears throat> if we're trying to compare to compare machinery, does this go higher than his 2020 racing point season? That is to be determined because I don't really know the answer to that on the spot. I like Sergio Perez. I think that he um, needs to start challenging for more wins on the regular, mm -hmm. which is why I'm going to put a little asterisk and give him an A minus, but I think okay. he's an A, but he needs to be more consistent with the wins and the P2s. That's fair. That's very fair. They didn't get a lot of one twos this year, Red Bull. Nope. They got, I think one. I think yeah. it was Abu Dhabi. No, I think they got more than that. Nope, it was one in Abu Dhabi. Impressive. Impressive. Meanwhile, yeah. there were a lot of double podiums, but yeah. just not a lot of one and one twos. Um Max Verstappen gets an A plus plus forever. Plus it was his so. best. It was one of the most dominant seasons in Formula One history. Yeah. I mean, look, let's not talk about his character. Let's talk about what he's done on the track. And was it 15 wins this year or 14 wins? 15 wins, the record for most race wins in a season. I think <clears throat> I think that just, that says, that's all there is to say. A plus. A plus. Um, he's the man to beat. Yeah. Uh, bold prediction. Actually, not even bold prediction. He's going to be a three-time world champion next year, right? Maybe. I don't so. I don't know. Uh, I think the I only see... person, the only person that could genuinely fight for him next year, and this is actually my hot take. It's not Ferrari. It's going to be George Russell. I think it's going to be Ferrari. Um. I think it's going to be Mercedes. I think we're going to have a history repeating itself. We're going to have, you know, a two-time world champion, and then who? What happened after the last two-time world champion? Who won the world champion? Well, oh no, hold on. Lewis had already won two before Nico showed up. Lewis well, no, wins. while Nico was there. Lewis wins. Then there was an Alonso two-time world champion. And then there was a new world champion at Ferrari that won for one season in Kimi Raikkonen. So I am no, saying... No, 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 hold on. It yes, was 2007 was Kimi Raikkonen. 2007 was Raikkonen. 0506 was Alonso. That's what I'm saying. So it's going to yes. be a time world champion. Yeah. And then we're going to have 
also Alonzo was very young at the time. So it's a young star rising world yeah. champion. Then you have a one-off Ferrari world champion, Charles Leclerc. And, and then Lewis. One time British world champion, George Russell, Orlando Norris. Take your pick. <laughs> time isn't linear. Time I is think, a circle. <laughs> I think Charles Leclerc, World W World WDC 2023 confirmed. Look. <laughs> and he just broke I, up with his girlfriend. Yeah, that was what I was gonna say. I was gonna say you sent me a text uh was it today, yesterday, yesterday like being like, yo, Charles Leclerc broke up with his girlfriend. He's winning the championship. He is. That's it. Nothing's gonna steer him away. <laughs> Focused on one thing and He's one focused thing. on the championship. There is no coincidence this news is coming after a week after Abu Dhabi that he lost. Oh my the god. Imagine, imagine if it goes the Kelly PK route. No, it won't go any route. It won't. He's a good guy. Not saying Max Verstappen's a bad guy. I mean Well. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> This was a great episode, Jonah. Yeah, and it's the end of season two. Yeah. You want to do it again have, next year? We have done two seasons of the JJF1 podcast. Yeah. When we started this back in uh, April 2021, who knew where we would be at this point? Exactly. Um, always grateful to have you for the ride, Jordan. And off-season project the future of the teams let's do it um yeah i i don't know what to say do you have any closing words on the on the season i'm sad there's no more formula one to talk about okay that's fair <laughs> um but yeah i guess um thank you everyone for listening throughout this entire season um i'm very grateful for every single person that listens Jordan, I hope uh, Jordan is too. Yes. 100%. Um, so if you want to hear us for season three during the off season and everything else, feel free to like our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram, the JGF1 podcast. Listen to our stuff on YouTube, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Amazon Music, everywhere where you find your podcasts. And we will see you for the next episode. See ya. Yeah.